0: I love jumping all over the place. It's the only it's the only oh. levity I can bring to a podcast entitled. It's a the Curve
1: Pod. Boss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if you had told me last year I would be doing a pandemic podcast, I would have said, No, why not? Hi, buddy, and welcome to the Human Element Karis podcast on modern marketing. I am so excited to have Marla Kaplowitz join us again. This is is your second appearance. My second? I'm so honored to be asked back. Although under significantly different circumstances. That's okay. This is episode two of our mini-series called The Virus. And I'm so happy to have you here because I know you, literally your past couple of weeks have been sort of a blend of chaos of inbound questions from clients and agencies alike. And I'm very interested to sort of hear what some of those conversations have been and what some of those questions have been.
1: So we are fielding questions every single day and trying to help our members through this time. So the questions have ranged they're starting to shift a bit. So initially they started out more around, well, what are the policies that you're enacting? What are you doing as it relates to domestic and international travel? What are you doing about work from home? So we were being very forthright and saying, here's what we're doing. We can't tell you what to do. We crowdsourced what other people were doing. And we started sharing some of those examples on our website and also kind of quietly and discreetly with members. Now the questions primarily focus on what is the impact on business. So our members are looking for us to share what is happening. And so we're starting to survey and get information back on what's going on with clients. Are they pulling back with production, with media spend, what's going on with project, especially as there's a lot of project based work and then what verticals are the most impacted. We hear hospitality, but we're trying to get more information on that. Our members are also saying, what should we do in terms of advising clients? There's a lot going on, particularly in the media sector, with media whitelists and blacklists. What should the creative content be in terms of societal activities? And also new ways of brands demonstrating utility. So one of the examples there is like Disney Plus releasing Frozen 2 early, recognizing what everyone is experiencing. The remote working, now people wanna know what are the best tools to make sure that they're leveraging the right kind of impact and connectivity. And then another area that people are asking us about now are about contracts where they've got events or venues and force majeure clauses. And luckily we just went through that ourselves. So we're very familiar with how to address that. But I will say most venues are honoring a move to a later date without any penalties, which has been positive. Uh, One of the things we... Use it. The forays is something we called MIEs, Member Information Exchanges. So we really leverage the power of our community. So any question that anyone asks, we're able to usually put that back out to people and get responses and push that information out. Pitch activity is coming up. Staffing decisions and work shifts. So it, it's a lot of information that just keeps coming every day, and I am thrilled with just the response of the team to really help our members right now and get this information out there.
0: Yeah, I can only imagine, you know, we, we've gotten obviously a lot of questions on our end. Some are very similar to yours, but just the sheer volume of everybody all at the same time having questions has been sort of a remarkable phenomenon, especially in the media space, obviously the space that we occupy, you know, there aren't any sports right now, there isn't March Madness, you know, lots of, lots of cancellations. And, you know, what do you do? You know, March Madness is, I don't know, 15,000 GRPs. It's gone. And, you know, there is no equivalency between that and, you know, a game from 1991. You know, much as that was interesting to see a game from 1991, it's just not the same. So, you know, how to handle those kinds of questions. What's the most difficult question you've gotten so far?
1: I will tell you, it's not difficult in terms of we can't answer it. It's difficult in terms of what this really means to people. And it's the question that we got today from a member asking about what is happening. And this is really going to impact independent agencies more so about the stimulus package that's being proposed by the government for small businesses and consumers and how to apply and how can we help them through this? Because it's still not passed and it's not final. I actually have been checking frequently. uh, The Treasury just put out some guidance on it. So there will be a package, hopefully, that comes out soon that'll offer small business interruption loans of $300 billion for companies with under 500 employees. But We've got our government relations team staying close on that and working on providing guidance to help people through it. And it's just very sobering when you hear that question.
0: It's funny. I, I had the privilege uh, of meeting with your smaller agency team last yeah. year about this time. It's about a year ago.
1: That's right. You met with one of our forums.
0: Yeah. And it was an amazing experience for me. I, I really enjoyed getting to meet them. And I have thought often of them in the past couple of weeks just because... You know, the the level of disruption to them, you know, in some cases being family-owned firms and in many cases being, you know, smaller independents, obviously is different from a holding company environment. Not that there's not a lot of, you know, pain in in the holding company environments, but just the scale is different. Your organization, I think yesterday issued some additional guidelines on a couple areas. Are there anything in there that you'd like to highlight specifically that you think are, are super timely at this moment for folks? Sure.
1: So the guidelines we issued yesterday went to a specific community, the new business community, because they're trying to figure out what do you do in this new world of working remotely and virtual pitching. So we sent out some guidance there on what you should do and some key tips of how you win business in this new environment. And so we, we shared some of that and I can talk more about that. We also are right now today and tomorrow fielding some research that we're doing with our partner, Susie. We had done some research last week on what's happening with work from home. Now we're focused on consumer sentiment about brands during the pandemic and guidance about messaging. So how they feel about it, what are their purchase behaviors, what should brands be doing, what's the impact to local business. So we'll be issuing that But keep checking our website because we've been trying to update that every day. And we also shared yesterday just some up-to-date information on some PSA work that is going on from the Ad Council. As well as from uh, WPP with the World Health Organization for all agencies to get involved with some user-generated content.
0: I think one of my hopes for the business as a whole is that you know, the, the assets that we bring to the table as a community, largely around our creativity, is something that we can bring to bear in many different places throughout this crisis. I think you know, that's something that we've done time and time again in smaller situations, but I'm hopeful that what it is that we do best can somehow find its way into some good resolutions along the way here as we move through the crisis. Is there anything we can learn from brands or consumers and how they've handled things so far. There's something that you've seen where you said, you know what, that's particularly interesting, either in a shift in consumer behavior or in a way a marketer or a brand handled
1: something. Yeah, so I've been really impressed with, I'll call it the positivity and there's this, theory around disaster collectivism, where when something like a crisis happens, people really do come together and focus in on the most urgent need. And it really is about people and doing what's right. So to me, the most amazing example was LVMH converting their perfume factories from manufacturing perfume to hand sanitizer and distributing that for free to the people in France. You look at AT AT&T making the first move to say, wow, a lot of people are going to start working from home. We're going to stop capping the data. We're going to do unlimited data. And you saw competitors following suit. And it's just about being human and recognizing that we are all in this together and we will get through it, but we're not going to get through it if people are selfish and only focused on what does this mean to them? We have to think of ourselves collectively. And I've also been impressed with consumers and people going out and buying gift cards at restaurants that they will use at a later date and trying to support their local business.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I have a a little story on that front. So my wife works for the town bookstore, which is called the Town Bookstore in Westfield. And they've been around, I don't know, almost a hundred years. it's it's an institution in town. It's, you know, kind of gone from owner to owner as almost like a public trust, right? I don't think it's really a money-making affair. It's it's more of a public (laughs) trust. And they've had two absolutely fantastic days in terms of their performance, largely from the Email list that they have, and sort of reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, here's we're going to try to keep going through this. They're technically closed because all of downtown Westfield shut down, but they are able to do orders. And so they're basically doing orders and then dropping them off or having people come pick them up when they leave them on the back stoop. We're going to hopefully hear all kinds of these stories through this process. And I think our industry has an obligation to do what we've always done, which is tell those stories. Yes. And I, I do look forward to the point where we get to do that work because I think there's going to be a lot of pain, but there's going to be a lot of goodness in those stories as well. I want to change it up for you because this is always one of my favorite things is to bring up the, the, <laughs> the A&A. Have you had any conversations with them since this sort of situation began? Are you guys planning to, to do any kind of joint sort of recommendations together or joint, you know, advice and counsel to agency and clients working together? Have you talked about anything like that?
1: So I've had conversations with Bob just about what they're experiencing, what we are experiencing, what some of the challenges are, and we have not come together to say, let's work on this particular topic, but I am sure they're getting the same question. One of the main questions we are also getting is, what should brands do in this time where there will be an economic downturn? And what is the guidance to sustain that? So we have so much work that we've done going way back 10 years ago to the recession about the brands that, continue to support and spend actually do better in the long run. And I think that is an area where we could partner together because this is not about agencies supporting this to marketers. Marketers need to be able to support it within their own companies to their management.
0: That's right. That's right. It's funny. I remember doing this same question when I was at Ogilvy during the recession and going back and doing a bunch of research around previous recessions and, and essentially coming to the same conclusion, which is, those organizations that continue to invest and continue to, in some cases, make some strategic bets were the ones that in the longer term really performed better. Yeah. It is the exact opposite of how marketing decisions usually get made, however, right? The first instinct is we have to pull back. Yeah. But I, I share your, I think, enthusiasm or optimism that, that that is, you know, that's not the right course of action. Now, again, you've got to do it in the right context, mm-hmm. but simply walking away, just as you know, simply walking away from a working environment and a work from home setting. I mean, the the whole thing here is sort of how do you engage, right? You know, how do you make sure the video's on? How do you make sure you're seeing people? How do you make sure that you're listening on the phone and doing things in a way where human contact while not in physical proximity can still happen? I think the same thing is true for brands. And so I I think you're exactly right on that front. Question for you about social media and the big digital platforms. Mm -hmm. What role do they have to play in this? What's the right Role for them?
1: I think they have a significant role. And I saw a study the other day that said that social media consumption is up about 20%, which makes sense. We're all trying to stay connected in a virtual way, but we're also looking for information. So the opportunity is to make sure that people are providing the right news, the right information. I hope that they're supporting the distribution of PSAs and making sure that everyone is getting access to that information on a regular basis because it isn't just about business right now. It really is about how do we focus on the collective good and the health and safety of everyone.
0: We have made so much in the past, let's call it five years, six years of brand purpose becoming a dominant theme in the work that we've Mm -hmm. done in our industry. All of that right now, (laughs) all of that is really, I think, being put to the test. You know, did we really mean it?
1: Well, and this is where the real leaders and the real companies that truly are purpose driven are going to shine through because if they have the right purpose, you're going to see that carried out in their execution and their actions.
0: yep, this is a real referendum on how much of that was real mm-hmm. so we talked a little bit about industry events, and you know ours is an industry like many that exists in the frequent coming together of very sort of overlapping populations, and that's kind of how you mark the time and you know, there's CES to CAN to Week to all those sort of things to, you know, the ANA and all those things in between, your own conferences as well. We're not going to have any of those, right? I mean, for a material amount of time. What are the implications of that? And what do you think we're going to learn out of not having them that's going to change how we do them in the future?
1: You raise a good point. We're so used to convening on a regular basis those hall. events. Yeah. And it's we are a business of communication, of relationships, and we're used to in-person connections, why people travel so much. Yep. So the virtual works to a degree, but it is not the same. So I I do think we're going to have a bit of a void right now in the spring. October is already looking like a jam-packed month with Very everyone busy. focusing on that. It's really going to shift the way that we do business. People yeah. are going to have to get used to a new reality. I actually think there could be some positive outcomes to this. You look at global warming and the amount of flights mm. that everyone is taking. If we all recognize that maybe we don't need to get on a plane for a two, three hour meeting, maybe we can save that. Now, an event that goes on for a couple of days is a different experience. Sure. But how are we going to look at doing those differently? And back to your point about creativity, sometimes chaos You end up having the most creative expression. So I think that people are going to start to be very clever. It's going to take some getting used to it being different. And I've seen some different experiments going on. But I I do think that we can find new ways. But people will also still want to go to events and connect in real life, as we say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, it's going to be a while. But I do look forward to real life.
1: (laughs) I do too. Uh, I I cannot stay cooped up in my apartment like this. I need to get out and go for walks more regularly.
0: This weekend, so we're in a situation here where we're on curfew 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., you know, and there's all kinds of social distancing restrictions and whatnot. But you are allowed to go outside. It's not, we haven't gone to the full, you know, shelter in place situation yet. And so this weekend, both on Saturday and Sunday, I found myself taking three walks and a run both days. (laughs) 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 There were about 20,000 step days. This is... uh,
1: That's amazing.
0: Maybe there's a little hidden hidden rainbow here. Maybe. (laughs) Pitches are continuing. And they they should, but they are going to be totally different. And I know we've had some experience over the past couple of days with how some of that works. And I think I'll give a a shout out to Mark Milan and our pitch team. They do a fantastic job. And I think they really, very early on understood that this was going to be a unique dynamic and that the operations of the pitch, as they always do, mattered to outcomes and that the sort of the theater of this is totally different than the theater of a normal pitch. Have you had any conversations with both clients and agencies around that?
1: Uh, We've had conversations. Agencies are asking a lot of questions. So we sent out some guidance yesterday. So we were crowdsourcing some guidance from consultants. Campaign, by the way, had a great article yesterday with some good input from various consultants on what they're seeing and what their recommendations are. I think it comes down to you got to have the right technology, you got to prepare your materials in advance, but you also have to rehearse differently for that dynamic. And you need to build in opportunities for interaction in a very different way. But I know that there's at least one consultant out there that has always used video as a way to include that as part of the RFP. And it's been challenging for people who are not comfortable in camera. So everyone's going to have to start getting used to, or at least forgetting the fact that the camera is in the room and it's, yep. but you do need to overcompensate for the lack of being there in person in terms of gestures and sure. the way you communicate. And I I heard Scott Galloway talking about what he is recommending is he's now teaching remotely and he's saying, "Look, you've got to overemphasize yep. and really make sure that you communicate your verbal cues in a much more overt way."
0: Yeah, he's exactly right. You know, it's funny. My corollary is, it's the stage versus the screen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, the need to project all elements of your intent in grander facial expressions. I know personally so much of the way I communicate is very dry and and so let me tell you how great that works on a <laughs> on a video call not so well. So there's definitely need to have, you know, to be much more considerate of how you do that. And if you're going to try to make a point, try to make it in a bit more obvious way because you'll be greeted with crickets more often than not if you try to go too subtle. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. And chemistry is still so important and trying to make sure that you can create that chemistry in a virtual way, because you're also in a situation where you don't have your team all together either. You are boxes on a screen and you need to find a different way of doing that. Now, There are some companies that have distributed workforces. They're so used to this. Uh, There's an agency called Greenstone. They've always been distributed and they've used Zoom. And so to them, this is just business as usual. And for most people, this is a whole new reality.
0: Yeah, it is. Especially, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is the collaboration and, and creative process, not just for the creative shops, but within our, you know, within media agencies too, is how do we get that spark to happen? That interactivity, that you know, people building on each other's ideas, yeah. that is something that's gonna, you know, take us some time to sort through.
1: I call it planned spontaneity. So you have to, <laughs> it's what I used to say about social media campaigns. How do you think ahead to what may be happening? But you do have to kind of make it look more spontaneous in the room, but you have to plan ahead for it so you actually are getting those points across, but it doesn't look like you're interrupting each other.
0: We touched on this earlier with regard to the smaller agencies, I want to talk a bit more about the, the holding companies. Mm-hmm. You know, from a model perspective, from, and we talked about this the last time we got together, from a compensation perspective, from a revenue model perspective, right? There's a lot of headwinds in our business to begin with. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots of change over a decade or more, lots and lots of pressure, you know. Suffice it to say, lots of things have been difficult and a lot of change. And now this. What are you most concerned about coming out of this for the industry itself? And by the industry, I I really mean the union of clients and and agencies together, not simply the agency side of the equation.
1: No, I'm genuinely concerned about members and the agencies. And when you think about what agencies are all about, they're about the people. And so I'm concerned about the people and the hundreds of thousands of people that are employed by agencies in this country who love it who really enjoy the dynamic aspect who want to be part of creativity and all its expressions so i that's truly what i am worried about but i will say that this business has weathered so many storms over the last century and i hope that this is a short term dip as opposed to something that goes on for a longer period of time and we have to remember we're all in this together. So we're in a very competitive industry. But if we can focus on collaboration and supporting one another for the f- sake of the industry to get through this, then we can come out of it much stronger.
0: You know, that's a really interesting point. And, and you know, we are not world renowned for agency holding company collaboration. I would say that's not, that's not the thing that people most expect. We're, we're deeply competitive. But at the same time, and I think this is something that people outside of the industry that they don't understand necessarily is that there is a level of real shared spirit and camaraderie amongst the people that are in the business. I think that gets forgotten sometimes, and that the sort of spirit of the you know the great broad net of people that are in this business is pretty good, and there's a real esprit de corps across the industry itself. And I I do hope that that's something that that we can somehow find a way to make more institutional when it's needed. Because I think you're right. I think, you know, there's going to come some days here coming up where we're going to really, really need that.
1: But I truly hope that that marketers, that brands rely on their agency partners to to work through this. This is yep. not easy. Yep. And now more than ever, you need those partners and that external perspective to guide you through it.
0: Yeah. That sentence, now more than ever, that is, in my mind, the crystallization of the importance of consultants since the beginning of time. Is understanding when you are in that moment of now more than ever yeah. that that is when you must call upon those partners that have helped you along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think you're exactly right. At our best as an industry, you know, and certainly in our shop, that call is what we answer the best. All right. Well, that was uplifting. So this is equally depressing, but then we'll get to happier stuff. I promise, mom, we're getting there. All right. One of the things I keep thinking about because I'm, you know, we have a lot of young people in our business, certainly within Kara, U.S. and globally, we have, you know, the vast majority of our folks are younger folks. They are, you know, energetic and they are the lifeblood of the work that we do and their creativity and energy and enthusiasm are vital to what we do. They are almost all exclusively you know, housed in these big urban centers, you know that are going through or about to go through just some significant challenges. And I think a lot about them, and I have thought a lot about them over the past couple of days in terms of their situations. You know, some of them are already working for in place. Many of them are going to be working in place. They are in smaller footprint apartments. They're in smaller physical spaces. They're often alone. You guys do a lot for young professionals in the industry. Have you thought at all about sort of advice and counsel for for them at this moment?
1: It's a great point. And I even think about our MAPE community and connecting with them. I would say the most important thing is how you stay connected with this group. They are so used to... Working with one another, bouncing ideas yeah. off of each other, and really supporting and that and that camaraderie that exists. And so you have to find new ways of delivering that amongst your team. So the technology piece, they're used to the technology; that is not an issue. The isolation piece, I think, is more of a challenge. They are used to the social aspects of work, in particular. So you have to find ways to replace that as much as you can. You have to do check ins. I know. Most of my teams are doing daily check-ins via Zoom. I'm doing a virtual lunch on Friday for the whole staff, and we're going to all just eat our lunch together and have a (laughs) quick chat because you need to find ways to kind of make it fun. I was talking to... My peer in Canada, and he's going to do a fashion show online for all the agencies checking in with social media. I mean, how do we keep the cultural aspects of every agency that exists, because everyone has their own, to really thrive? Because it's the young people that really want to connect in those ways. And I would allow them to be part of the solution and come up with those ideas, because they will embrace it and they'll get excited by it.
0: Yeah. I think you're exactly right. We have a couple ideas at the moment on just connecting our younger populations and just sort of turning them loose. You know, we have not, as of yet, launched a TikTok presence. There's a lot of reasons why we don't have, you know, an enormous footprint globally for our marketing team. And so it's kind of been down at the lower end of the priority list. And I do feel like this may be the moment to just turn it over to a little sub-segment of the younger population. Just be like, look, guys, let's keep it in the spirit of positivity and let it rip.
1: Uh, That's a great idea, but it's also a nice way to keep people connected and bring a little levity to it.
0: Aside from their client work, do you have any other ideas or have you heard any sort of stories or input or questions around how agencies are deploying their creativity internally?
1: Yeah, I saw a great example yesterday from Havas and they already do so much internally for their people. So they have regular mindfulness classes and meditation groups. So they did it virtual. They just, they got the instructors that normally come into the office to actually do it online and they connected everybody and they got such good feedback. And again, that's how do you keep your culture going even in a virtual way?
0: Our Canada team, we sent out a list or a request, I guess, Friday of last week, Jen Ferguson, who's our head of comms for North America. And just sort of like, hey, what do you guys have cooking? What's going on? And, and Canada sent this fantastic list of all kinds of different things. You know, and some of them we've mentioned the virtual happy hour and some of that other yeah. stuff. There's a selfie competition. There's some other things that they have cooking that I think are really interesting and fun. And again, I think those are gonna be important things for culture and important things for people to feel connected, for sure. I have two more left. The first one is easy, any final thoughts or observations for either clients and marketers or for the agencies themselves or media partners or anything in between?
1: I'll make it simple. We're all in this together. So let's figure it out together. And don't be precious about you have your own great idea. Share it out because we're all learning. We've never had to deal with a pandemic. You go back to 9-11, you go back to the recession 10 years ago and the extent of that. And we had what happened after? We need to focus on what is post-pandemic, but the only way we're gonna get through it is to really be open and honest about, you know, this is tough, this is what I had to do, here's some thoughts on it, because um, we're all figuring it out.
0: I think that's right. Here's my last question. What is the thing that you are most looking forward to doing when you are able to return to something that feels a bit more like regular life?
1: Oh, I just want to be able to go outside and hug people again and connect (laughs) with my friends. And honestly, I want to go to the office and be (laughs) with my team. I am an extrovert. I like being with people in the office and connecting with them. So this is really challenging. I don't like being cooped up at all and forced into staying away from life in general.
0: And the people that we love, you know, you're like me, I think you you have deep affection for the people that you work with. Yeah. And and it's hard to be separated from them like this. I think for me, and I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, you know, look, we're both people that travel a lot as part of what we do for a living. And, you know, look, it is the closet joke in our industry to complain about airports and people on planes and, you know, specific airlines and this status. That's Like, it's just, it's our stock and trade, you know, over a cocktail.
1: Yeah.
0: I literally can't wait to fly somewhere.
1: <laughs> I actually understand that.
0: <laughs> I know that sounds insane, No, but I can't. Uh, and I very, very much look forward to getting on a plane and, and going over to see uh, my team and my colleagues in the UK and the mighty, mighty Manchester United Red oh, Devils for sure. So. There's
1: always some football in there. There's, I,
0: I, I got the whole way to the end here, Molly. Are you proud of me?
1: Yeah, pretty good.
0: Marla, you are a delight as always. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: No, thank you. And this is really important for people to get this information. And I hope these messages really break through. And you gave me a great idea on how do we just get everyone to talk about what are some of the things they're doing within their agencies to keep people connected and sharing more of those ideas, too.
0: You know, the last time we were together, we had a conversation about the agency coming together around the difficulties of new operating models and you know go- negotiations and procurement and some of those kinds of things. This is a coming together in a, in a much more, frankly, in some ways, important way.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Marla. You are fantastic. Thank you. And I can't wait to give you a hug soon. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you very, very soon. Okay. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Remember, you can find The Human Element anywhere you find your pods. Please subscribe. Give us a like. We will have another episode of the mini series, The Virus, coming next week. We're going to be talking to Morning Brew about the impact on media and technology. In the meantime, again, please find us. Give us a like. Give us a comment. We'll take any of that. Thanks so much, and we'll be out to you real soon. Stay safe. Thank you.